Okay, what up, light listeners? Welcome to uh, a delayed episode 28 after a, a week off um, with your host, myself, Ben. And Josh. Where, uh, yeah, we'll dig into the news from the last couple of weeks this time, actually. So, missed last week's show, what? Had a little bit, bit of a mechanical malfunction on your side, yeah. and then I had a nightmare day at work last Sunday. Like, it was, what? It was a sunny day as well, and I spent five hours on the phone trying to fix a problem at work. Like, it was not cool. Mm-hmm. Is your car sorted now? Yeah, sorted. Um, you don't expect a new car, a, new, a newish car, to have issues like this, but it happens. <laughs> I had no car last weekend. I, had, I didn't have a car hardly any last week, hardly last week either. Um, just going back on Thursday, so nice to have it back. Do you want to move your mic? Drop down. issues. Nice to have it back. <laughs> Alright, let's go into it because there's a lot to cover this week. So where do you want to start? We start on Ireland because it was the biggest news this weekend. So, uh, yeah, can do. So um, this weekend, um, Ireland voted to um, overturn, uh, was it, I can't remember what the law it was again, section, I can't remember what the law it was, but um, uh, Ireland um, voted to um, back abortion reform. So a lot of people that lived in the UK, or a lot of people that lived abroad in Ireland, came out to Ireland to to vote in this um, in this vote. It's a, it's a historic land, it's a historic vote because of for a long time Ireland's um, reproductive rights for women were seen as backwards in compared to the rest of Europe, and um, exit polls exit polls suggest a landslide for repeal. So women will have the right to choose whether they want to have abortion or not. I think that's a massive. Uh, well, it's it, it's because of how religious they are as a country, right? Yeah. Because they're predominantly Catholic. right. They've got a huge amount of, of Catholic back in there. Sorry, I was talking yeah. to my coffee cup. Um, yeah, I think that that was what it, it is why they're kind of let's say it's a dated um, rule that they had in place. Uh, so what is it? The Eighth Amendment that they they've got? Yeah. I think it was the one that they've re- revoked. But I mean, there was somebody who had an actual story that she went through, and I think she found out that her child was going to be born had, had would basically have um, brain damage, be kind of non-functional, and she still not able to get abortions. And, and and the problem, what this leads to is, and what fundamentally led to is, it wasn't that women were not getting abortions in Ireland. It was just that they were going abroad yeah. to get the abortion and coming back. So I think it's a, a good result. It seemed to be a resound. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't small numbers. It was pretty landslide. Um, 69% victory which to be honest I, I think was probably to be expected because I cannot see that you would have had people falling back on the well I'm so back on my religious background that I'm just going to vote for this so yeah um, good result for women of Ireland I think um, it continues to 2018 this year the year women um, but this is a bit this is not really tied so this is not really tied to that but if we're going to go to that we can give so there is a Me Too update this week right there's a couple right. of updates All right. Morgan, so Morgan Freeman well so so one Harvey Weinstein is has finally handed himself in got been charged with rape um, well rape sexual um, misconduct and what's the other one on there there's another one on there as well basically everything under a banner yeah. so he got caught with the the kind of customary perp walk um, he's been let out on a one million dollar bail. Yeah, is it? He's a flight risk. Um, well, 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 no, because yeah, but they've let him out on bail, so yeah. he's not. I mean, I would have, I would have thought that as well. There would have been quite a strong argument to say he's got enough money to be a flight risk. 
Um, but no, he's he's kind of got himself out on bail. Um, I can't imagine. There's only kind of two. Initially, this is two accusers yeah. against him. Yeah. But I'm expecting that by the time this goes to actual um Court, actually goes to court whether they have additional accusers against him or they just have additional witnesses to back the two initial accusations i'm not sure um and i'm not really sure why it's taken I'm, I'm, i've always been a to be honest i've been at a loss over the last couple of months on everything broke about weinstein and i'm like so is anybody ever going to actually do anything about it because yeah. this broke like eight months ago now but it dealt, i think the police was the police and investigators are trying to get enough evidence against him yeah but it doesn't seem like that was a particularly difficult task to do um so yeah so that's so he's finally been arrested um and then obviously the allegations came out against morgan freeman well morgan freeman is the voice of god yeah. right so this is this is i mean uh, and and do you know do you know what was weird about it right is so it was a, uh, somebody's birthday at work and so, so and obviously in a professional environment there's all you've got to be careful about diversity and the whole me too movement and everything there so you, you have to be careful what you say anyway so i send him a, a, a birthday meme that says like um i'm morgan freeman happy birthday i'm morgan freeman and you just read this in my voice right yeah. just for nothing of it about four hours later the news breaks <laughs> there's allegations against morgan freeman i was like probably wasn't that's a bit of bad timing the allegations about morgan freeman aren't really they're not really allegations it's just that he made them feel uncomfortable so some of the things he's some of the comments he said to the women made the women feel uncomfortable and they've gone out and complained about him also he's been accused of lifting the woman's skirt whilst he's um whilst he was talking to her um these are all things about Make someone feel uncomfortable. He's he's come out and said that he does he he talks the same way to both to men and women, and um, he doesn't want eighty years of his life to be to be defined by this. And it's, I I I have my own views on this. I'm not. I don't want to share it. But <laughs> especially, I just think to myself, if you if you're innocent and you think you're innocent, don't apologize. There's no need because if you apologize, you're literally gonna you literally cast yourself as. Um, I don't think he apologised. He said he's sorry if he made people feel uncomfortable. I think if you look into it, I can't remember her name. So there's a um, one of the women who is accused him is so so she is a journalist and and I was interested. I was listening to us on a different podcast and they made a good point of it's not an ideal position when you're a journalist and you're part of the story at the same yeah. time. Um, she did make a few. So I think she said suggested that a couple of times he'd made a comment when she stood up um, saying. Uh, yeah, don't pull your dress down. So I assume she was wearing a, a tight dress, and so it, it rode up a bit. But then there was another one where there was a, there was a clip that I heard where he was being interviewed by Michael Caine, and Michael Caine reference to um, having said to a woman before, uh, suggesting the woman was pregnant when she wasn't actually pregnant. And, and to, to be honest, few people don't. have been in that situation. Yeah. Right? So Morgan Freeman goes, "Oh, how I wish I was there for that," as if to say, and the the, the, the exact context by which I heard this was. I wish I was there to see you put your foot in your mouth, yeah. basically. Yeah. And but then she has pulled it in the context of, yeah, I put, I need to give you a background for that because when I went into the room with him, he mentioned multiple times, I wish I was there, I wish I was there, wish he was where. It didn't really make sense. So the the way that she's built this up, and if you look, I can't remember her name, but if you look at her Twitter feed, it's it's all basically against Harvey White, Morgan Freeman. I think that when you went down her feed, about twelve of seventeen of her pre uh, tweets for that day were. Morgan Freeman with like four about Harvey Weinstein and one about somebody else. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure how much, yeah, I'm not sure how much basis there is behind the Morgan Freeman allegations. Um, I guess, I guess one of the things you have to ask is, does it, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes right and how far they pursue it because so far everybody who's been called out 
I mean, you look at Kevin Spacey is probably the biggest star, but he didn't have anything that would stop people going against him. Whereas Morgan, Morgan Freeman has this like rapper around him. I mean, he's yeah. played the voice of God, for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't so far. It doesn't seem to be suggesting. There seem to all the suggestions seem to be that it bordered between just being flirtatious on a continual basis. And I guess now you've got that. Even in this moment in time, you've got the question between. Where does where is the borderline between flirtation and sexual harassment? And I don't mean where is the borderline. The borderline is quite clear, yeah. but the actual interpretation of it nowadays is blurred. And if you then kind of retrospectively fit that back to how people used to act, I mean Morgan Freeman's eighty years old, right? Yeah. So you're talking about when this actually happened. So I, what when this happened was what like five, well, I guess in the last few years. So I I think this probably needs um, to see if there's going to be any additional evidence that comes out about this. Um, yeah. All right. Me too. Moving on. Moving on. Um, moving on to Trump and North Korea. So this week, earlier this week, so last week, uh, I think was it Trump cancelled um, the North Korea summit. He came out and said flat out, said we're not doing it. And well, he uh, uh, yeah. So go on. go on, go on. So he came out and flat out and said he's not doing it. It's not going on. It's not going on anymore. It's not going further. I think it was, it was one of his. Well, his, his way of he does his negotiations. If we don't reach an agreement, I will quote from everything. This week he's come out and said um, it could still happen. So you need to. So there's, there's a few components to this, right? So so Bolton Bolton fucked up. We know that. Mm. Shouldn't have compared it to Libya. So North Korea then responded quite aggressively against Bolton. Well, I think they called him repugnant. I think maybe touched on that on the last podcast. Um, now it didn't help that Pence then followed up and suggested, well, if we can't have a peace discussion, then it might end up like Libya. Can we, can we stop reverting back to the story of the country that gave up their nuclear arms and then you killed their leader by a Western-backed force? Can we stop doing that, please? Yeah. Um, so North Korea have, again, responded in kind to that. So then this is when Donald Trump has, direct, has gone back to him with a, a, a quite interestingly um, written letter. I mean, it's, it's, it's written... In, yeah, yeah. So there's ways to direct it. So firstly, it starts with directing it to Kim Jong-un as his excellency. Um, and then it opens up opens up very much like a business letter. Um, then it goes into back into the fire and fury um, kind of uh, rhetoric. So you've got a line in here. Um, so where does it go? Sadly, based on the tremendous anger and open hostility displayed in your most recent statement, I feel it's inappropriate at this time to have this long planned meeting. First off, Let's be clear, it's not long planned. You booked it about four weeks ago. So it's not yeah, long planned. Yeah. Maybe long anticipated for the discussion between the two countries, but it's not long planned, right? Therefore, please let this letter serve to represent that the Singapore summit, both for, for the good of both parties, but to the detriment of the world, will not take place. You talk about nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God they will never have to be used. Typical back to the, the strong kind of fire and fury line. Um, then he kind of reverts back to a bit more. Um, I mean, there's there's something here where I want to thank you for the release of hostages who are now home with their families. That was a beautiful gesture and very much appreciated. I'm not sure beautiful is the best descriptor of this because let's be clear, they were hostages, so they were imprisoned. Some of them put going through considerably physical labor, right? So I don't think he used the best wording there. Um, and then he wrapped it up again, like a business letter, in, in much a way of, if you change your mind, having to do with this most important summit, please do not hesitate to call me or write um, 
The world, and North Korea in particular, has lost a great opportunity for lasting peace and great prosperity. That missed opportunity is truly a sad moment. Um, so again, it, 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 it all came across as a business letter, to be honest. But the point was, for me, this, I know it's, I think it's upsetting for people in Korea because they saw this as a genuine step towards peace. But I think anybody looking from the outside world, they're not, they're not seeing this as a major issue because this was never going to be a straightforward, let's plan it, it's going to happen. Mm. There was always going to be some back and forth. All I think we're seeing here is the form of North Korea. I think North Korea, except that they're dealing with business negotiations here, not yeah. political negotiations, right? So they're both doing their bounce back and forth. So this, to me, just says, well, Trump ha couldn't come out and say, yeah, Bolton and Pence, I'm hanging you out to dry, right? So he had to do something. And he had to acknowledge the fact that, because this is Trump, so he can't just allow North Korea to talk so violently and not say anything back. So he's cancelled that. Then North Korea have then bounced back and said, we're happy to have the talk, so I will wait. So this is just, this is just standard kind of almost business negotiation that normally happens in the boardroom. But the boardroom, unfortunately, now is open to the whole world to see. So I think that the summit will still happen, not necessarily on the 12th of June, but equally, I don't think it's going to be that far away. Okay, but I also think that North Korea are winning in the um, propaganda stakes in the sense that they've gone and blown up their, their tunnels to their nuclear testing site, the one that we know of. So it looks like they actually they actually are um, do it, they are being progressive in the sense of trying to make peace with South Korea. And it looks, it looks like it's Bolton and Pence that are messing things up for the peace process. Well, but, but are they? Because ultimately, however <laughs> how you go about it, if they've destroyed their the, um, testing facilities, then come out of the back of discussions that have been pushed forward by the US, right? So yeah. it's... Yeah, we shall see. I'm, I, yeah, I think that this is just a, a standard stumble in the road more than um, anything else, to be honest. But we'll see what happens, because over the next course of week, something will happen, have to happen, either to say, yes, there's a new revised date, or we're going ahead with the date, because obviously it's the 28th of May now, so if you're having a, a summer on the 12th of June, then you pretty much need to get that in the diary quickly. So, um, for the last six weeks to six to eight weeks, we've all had, um, all people in Europe have had uh, their email mailboxes being filled up with loads of companies contacting them about GDPR. And on the 25th of May, this Friday, uh, event effectively came into place. A GDPR came in. A lot of companies were emailing me, asking me if they can keep in contact with me. And I said, hell no. Because <laughs> of my mailbox. Uh, it's it's going to, and it's had, um, we've already had, a big companies such as Facebook and um, WhatsApp, we won't make Facebook, uh, um, being taken to court because of they effectively said to users, if you want to use our um, our site, you have to let us at, um, cater ads to you, which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> I really don't. Well, so so there's so so for us, yeah, this is great because there are people who are emailing me asking me to click the button for me to continue getting emails off them. One that well, I didn't sign up to them, and yeah. I know my dad was sold to them, but it, it is what it is. Um, there was some. It's interesting the take that's on it because some people just email you to say we've updated our privacy policy. A lot of the financial institutions, which you know you're doing business with, they just tell you we're updating our mm -hmm. um, for, uh, privacy policy. Whereas other ones come back and say if you want to keep hearing from us, click on this. Nah, not clicking on it. So I'm I'm expecting. I did joke to somebody at work the other day. I said because uh, I get bombarded with spam from people who uh, just track them down on LinkedIn and stuff. So I said, I'll be well, I'm interested to see if that quiets down post GDPR. Um, so so that I don't, uh, again, yeah, equally, I don't really have a particular um, issue against the fact, well, I, I see, 
I see where the case is coming from. The case is basically coming from Facebook. It, it, it's more about tr transparency than anything else. So the big four not being transparent enough about, yes, you explicitly need to allow us to do this for you to be able to use our service. But let's be honest, if people didn't know before, at least over the course of the last four months, they do know now that a lot of these services are heavily dependent. Out of all of them, Facebook the most, heavily dependent on advertising. Google, not so much so, because they have other things that they sell off. Um, but we know that their business model is ads. And their argument to put across this always is that the more information we can get from you, the better we can tailor the ads to fit you. Mm. Um, I don't think this is going to go very far. I don't think it's going to reach a point where they... Well, I can't see that this is going to reach a point where they get away with any... Where they win this complaint they put forward. Because if they do, then that would mean that fundamentally Facebook would need to change the way that they do business. Which means that the only outcome of this is a paid Facebook service. Yeah. And a paid WhatsApp that's and a paid that, Instagram. That's, that's, the only way that's what I was thinking. I was thinking the, only way, the only way they win and Facebook continues is they change to being paid. Because of uh, my thing is this, if you don't want Facebook to use to use your information or you don't want to give Facebook to use information, don't use Facebook. If you don't want Instagram to use your information or Google to use your information, don't use them. If you want if you um, because if they're a private entity, they're a business and they're providing a service to you, no one's forcing you to use them. If you don't want to use them, if you don't want your information to be taken from you, don't use them. It's that it's that easy. If you if 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 you think that you feel that they shouldn't be able to take your information from you, then all they're going to do is make it paid because they need to make a way of, of having a way of um, continuing providing those services. And the only way they can, they can do that is through your information, through get ads. So they can't do that, they're going to make it paid. All right. Well, it's always what would be interesting to me is someone to actually go out and survey, do a, a proper survey as well as to how many people. Because I get it, the privacy advocates will always push this, right? But for me, I'm pretty convinced that the privacy advocates are two out of ten people. Yeah. I, and I don't think that they're representing the majority. And my my only concern is is that what you're going to get. And I'm not. I'm not. It doesn't. I'm, I'm indifferent. I can use a service however it's supposed to be used. But my only concern here is if people who are in a minority on a principle basis win an argument that then causes us to fall backwards in the ability to put our push our technology forwards just on the basis of a minority calling out to represent the the majority's views. Um, but we'll see what happens. It wasn't. It wasn't a surprise. It's almost like moving on from Trump. This was almost like the big red button on privacy that needed to be clicked, and they'd just been waiting around to say, "Right, it's in play now. I'm sending out the the complaint." So yeah, it is what it is. But that also <laughs> introduces. Uh, so because I listen to other news podcasts sometimes to get the kind of tidbits of stories that we can use on here. Every so often, a couple of gems come along. So. <laughs> If, we, <laughs> if we're thinking about kind of how you restrict access to services like that, what I found interesting, which I didn't know about, I heard of this on, on a US-based podcast, and really we're based in the UK, is the proposal for, in the UK, for news agents to sell porn passes so you can access X-rated websites, which would call for someone to go into uh, a news agent store with your driver's license and passport to prove your age to get a porn pass. Now, there are a variety of things which I just find amusing about this. Firstly, just for clear basics, you don't necessarily have to show that for alcohol. So it would be easier, easier to just say if you look 25 or above, then they're not going to ID you. You might as well just use a, the standard policies already in place, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and the reason that I say that, and, and secondly as well, is that I think you're... So 
obviously this is based on the, the premise and the principal aim of this is to stop underage um, teens from viewing X-rated websites, right? Well, I think you're underestimating that they're a lot more technical savvy than middle-aged and older guys, right? So, And all you're going to do here is you're going to drive... One, you're going to drive them to the dark web to do that. Yep. Two, the day that you introduce this, there's going to be 100 sites that offer code generators, which will give you codes to get in, right? Yep. So it's not going to fix anything there. The only people that you're going to actually capture are the ones who are like, well, I, I want to follow the law. And then they're going to go through this embarrassing moment of going into the news agents. But I would imagine going, well, there's a queue there and I'm not going to go in until there's not a queue. And probably actually driving to a news agent that's not their news agent. Yeah. <laughs> I think I joked to a friend the other day, he said, if I went into my news agent to ask for this, he would just rip me to pieces, yeah. right? Um, and then what, what was the, and there was another component of this that I thought of as well. Because it just doesn't, it doesn't, and, and that's the point as well. At, at, at a point in time where we've got austerity measures, it doesn't sit well with me. This is because it's not going to be easy to, it's not going to be a small investment, right? Yeah. You're going to have to invest in putting this system out across the, the country to be able to do what? To be able to implement something that people are going to be able to work their way around. So, I mean, it was interesting. I, I hadn't seen this coming out anyway, but it just doesn't, doesn't, there seems to be no point in it because like it's I taken say, a, it's taken a hammer to it's taken a hammer to a tiny little nail. It's 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 taken a full blown approach. That, well, we're going to try and control um, porn, and where we're going to control it is by making people. Isn't it also slightly embarrassing that you like you have to go to news agent and say, "Can I buy a porn pass?" But that's the point. That's the point, right? Is that I think that's twofold. It's to stop people underage, but it's also to stop people in general. With, but that doesn't. I mean, there's no underlying reason that you actually have to stop it, apart from you want to do it for underage teens. But as I say, they're the most technical savvy of anybody out there, and they will find the quickest way around. I mean, not to forget the fact that, now, I don't use Twitter that much nowadays, right? Yeah. But on Twitter, I remember, cool. I remember sometimes I hear on Joe Rogan, yeah. he's like, there's just some flat-out porn on there yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's not even restricted behind yeah. any yeah. layers. It's all around you. All right, um... Well, that also, so, so that's one component of kind of the uh, control of access but there's also another interesting story that popped up this week in regards to it's a good one from in relation to people's personal data so did you you catch the story that i posted on here about alexa yeah alexa and and so this is brilliant so there is a, a couple who were basically having a conversation and then for, in the middle of their conversation they get a text to say unplug your unplug your alexa device right now um <clears throat> to which they are not really sure what's going on they speak to the recipient of this who says, yeah, I received a text message. And he said, no, 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 yeah, I received an audio file of your conversation. He said, no, 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 you didn't. And he explained to them what they were talking about. He said, oh, I mean, well, you, you clearly did. So they unplugged their device. But what was brilliant about this is, so when when it's gone to Amazon to give a response, because apparently Amazon were like, yeah, we have a, an explanation for this. So <laughs> this is basically uh, how they um, they introduced it as being the, the story behind this. Right, so... So I asked Amazon what could possibly have happened to cause this. Right. Echo woke up during, uh, due to a word in a background conversation sounding like Alexa. Okay. Then the subsequent conversation was heard as send message mm. request. Okay. At which point Alexa said to out loud to whom? Which, to be fair, they're saying sometimes it's quiet, but usually it's loud enough for you to hear, right? Mm. And interpreted the background conversation as a name in the customer's uh, contact list, right? To which it then went ahead and asked out loud, has it got the uh, contact name right? Um, it then interpreted the background conversation as right, and then 
Um, and remember what they put is, as unlikely as this string of events is, we are evaluating options to make this case even less likely. So basically, we don't actually know how this happened. We're coming up with the most feasible reason. Actually, they are probably right. And the, the, the problem with this is, Alexa need to fix their algorithms, right? Mm. And they need to fix the way that the AI within Alexa works because what it does is, and it frequently does this, is it just strings together sounds and tries to inter and, and interprets them and tries to make your life as easy as possible. But in trying to, when the when the technology started, uh, they kind of had basic functions they could do, and now every week it will say, "Look at the new stuff Alexa can do." But as they're releasing more, and I keep I'm looking over at mine as I do this just to make sure it doesn't <laughs> catch anything. As they add more to it, then it's having to be able to pick up and identify more words. And in doing that, clearly, its artificial interpreter is falling way short of the, the standards here. So it wouldn't surprise me if... The, I mean, this is a, an explicit way of it happening, right? It's sent a text something. But it wouldn't surprise me if you've got a lot of people who are seeing random packages delivered to them from Amazon because they've accidentally ordered it on Alexa because Alexa has listened to a conversation and assumed you want dog food or something. Alright. Moving on from there. Moving on from there. So, um, so you know last week you put the, the story about China's app, car app and the plans are that story is quite that um so China and car app Diddy updates eighty measures after the murder. So I was I read the story this morning and I found it quite it's like a film. So the guy so what's happening is that China's Diddy app is probably the biggest um, car sharing app, car hiring, uh, hailing app in the world it's, uh, due to numbers, due to the size of China anyway. And um, it's, it's, it's forcing, um, China government are forcing the Diddy to update their safety measures after um, a taxi driver, uh, not taxi driver, after the son of someone who had a Diddy account ended up killing a young lady in a car. What, what I found, I didn't find it amusing, but I found it strange that after he killed her, he jumped into the river yeah. and killed himself. And it's just like, that's a, that's a, that's a cultural thing because of, uh, I doubt that happened in the West. But I just found it interesting how um, China's um, vehicle sharing model is quite similar to Uber, but slightly, slightly different at the same time. I, I, I don't understand how you, how you can change, change what's happened. He stole his dad's... Um, Account, stole his father's hitch, hitch account. But pardon me, it's not Diddy, it's Hitch. He stole his father's hitch account. I'm, I'm like, how do you stop stop that from happening? If someone wants to steal my, my, my brother still my Uber account, he can log in. How do you, how do you stop it from happening? Well, I mean, you've got to put, you, you, you have to put, the thing is this, they're trying to push this app to go global um, outside of China as well. So this is bad PR news for them. <clears throat> at this given moment in time it, it, it's difficult to control right but at, at the same time you should add as many security features to this as possible we've seen that in in uber yeah i mean this is just a more extreme example of what we've seen in uber over the last couple of years right? mm. when it comes to women and, and around their safety of getting into um any uber rides and, and to be honest it, any app that any app that works on this business model where people can sign up to be part of it does open you up to the idea that I mean it's not you don't go for an interview to get on this right so it does open you up to the fact that you could as much as any other organization right but it's no different to, to black cabs right you can have a black cab driver who's just a reserved hidden away person who actually has a lot of mental issues right so so the business model in and of itself can't defend against this but the app in and of itself can add additional security measures to this but I think the problem is, is it comes at a particular moment in time where they're trying to push this forwards um, to, to move just out of China to more globally so it's a, it's a bad PR um, scenario for them there Alright moving on
Moving on. So YouTube, YouTube's um, finally unveiled it's releasing a music streaming service, which I found was strange because I thought I, I thought I already thought Google had their own um, Google and YouTube really had their own Google Play music service, which I thought that if you pay for Google Play, you can get YouTube Red, which allows you to play YouTube videos whilst you're on the go. Um, they finally unveiled their own um, streaming service, and I, I don't understand how it works because YouTube, you know, on YouTube. A lot of the music on, on there, you get albums on YouTube now. So, does that mean if I pay for the YouTube? And how and how does the artist get um, how does the artist get reimbursed? Re re because as you see how YouTube already they're they're like the tightest um, when they come to reimbursing artists for music because they say, well, it's not our fault that music's being streamed there. We don't own the rights to it. So it's just it's just interesting how YouTube's, YouTube's coming to the market, which is heavily really heavily, heavily saturated with um, Spotify and um, and Apple Music, and now YouTube's coming in there. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they get on and who signs up to it, because the people like my, one of my friends was when he was talking about. It, he was saying it's weird because like, YouTube, I already see YouTube as being free, and they're making me pay for it. Doesn't I don't know, I, I don't know. Yeah, different. I just don't know what the differentiator is here. I mean, YouTube, which surprised me actually that YouTube is the most popular platform for streaming music, mm -hmm. but I don't think. Yeah, I think that's a bit. I don't know. I, what I'm interested in is how accurate that is. So how accurate is that for streaming music when you're going out? as Because that's when I predominantly stream music, right, mm -hmm. rather than when I'm in. So I don't know what I don't know what their differentiator is to get people to swap from Amazon or um, Spotify or Apple Music that they're already paying for to this. I, 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 it comes at a point in time where most people have embedded whatever app that they want to listen to. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how... Yeah, I'm not sure how this will play out. I'm not sure that they can get the, the market share back. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that so many people listen to stuff off <clears throat> YouTube. I would have thought by now. But I guess that's because, again, again, YouTube offers the kind of video back, back into it as well when you're streaming. So I think the other ones probably equally split their share because there's not that much difference between Am well, Amazon Music has got a pretty horrible interface, to be honest. Mm -hmm. don't, I don't know. I've got it downloaded because I get it free as part of um, <clears throat> my Amazon Prime. But it's got the worst interface of all of them. Um, whereas I use Apple Music that I'm signed up to just because it's integrated with my, my phone, right? And I think a lot of people now use Spotify, so I can't, I'm not seeing how YouTube are going to um, convince people to move from there because they're basically, they're going to move, they're going to offer exactly the same model as Spotify where they'll offer you an ad-free version or they'll offer you a, a subscription version. The only, the only plus I can, I can see of joining YouTube music is that you get free YouTube Red, which allows you then to play videos on the... Well, I guess it's how much you want to actually see, because uh, I don't care enough about the videos to, to watch them. Yeah, I'll do it when I'm on the go, but I guess a lot of people, when they're kind of commuting and stuff, might want to easily be able to access the videos offline and stuff. Like, so that might be... But then I can't see that there's that much difference between them then stepping to... Uh, and you can get YouTube originals, I guess, and stuff like that on there. Mm -hmm. But then that's only one variation of steps away before from someone like Spotify just coming up with an agreement to say, well, don't worry, we'll add popular music videos to ours anyway. They already have not so popular music videos. They have videos on um, Spotify already. Um, they have it on the playlist. All right. For briefly, Netflix always took Disney as the most uh, valuable um, media, media company in the world. Um, and I think this is more to do about Comcast and Disney fighting over Fox than, than Netflix itself. No, I think this is to do with Netflix becoming an absolute behemoth, to be honest. I, I disagree. I think this just represents... 
I, I think this re- represents the fact that Disney is static. Yeah. And can't go forwards, and I don't think anything to do with their negotiations of any mergers or acquisitions is the cause behind that. They've just they had a model that worked for many years, and they've never stepped up to move with the technology. And Netflix is just continually knocking down walls. I mean, you only need to look at the amount that they're saying that they're chucking at new movies that they have to invest, which is money way and above what you should be spending on Netflix originals. But when you look at the whole Netflix originals offerings now, right? It's it's a, it's a service in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so I think that this just represents, I, I can't see now, it, it seems to me only a matter of time before Netflix just takes its place as the rightful biggest company continually. I, I can't see anybody overtaking it. It's got, it's just, it's too integrated. But you say it, that, you say, you say that Netflix, Disney hasn't, haven't, haven't, haven't launched their subscription based model yet. So. And what, who's going to go to, you, you, uh, again, it comes back to the old question, right? If you're too late to the market, then it's a technology moves at such a fast pace nowadays. You can't. Netflix is integrated to people's eyes. Yeah, you? yeah, but it depends on because Fox. If they buy Fox, they get the whole Fox library, which means they get the twentieth, twentieth century Fox's films as well. Which so means same, same thing, same thing. With, you know, with Amazon, you have Warner Brothers film go directly to Amazon before they yeah. go to Netflix. Those things. If you think about the net, the 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 Fox backlog, the backstop, the library. I mean, and Disney's library, and you merge that together. I'm not saying it's a kill. I'm not going to think... Yeah, but Netflix has got all of its original series, which is a lot of what people binge on, right? Yeah. And look, I can't see Disney getting to a Disney and chill being a, a known term, <laughs> right? And I, I, use, I use that as kind of a representation of how integrated... It's like, it's like people who are Apple lovers, right? And always get the new iPhone. It is integrated into their lives and their environment, right? And, and I think that Netflix is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so I can't see... Look, Disney offering a backlog of movies is not going to be enough to knock, to stop the Netflix train going. It may be able to slightly chuck a few things in the path and slow down the train slightly, but I can't see that it can derail it. Netflix still hasn't made a profit. It's just, all it's, it's investing, investing, investing. It's the same thing Amazon really. Is. I was going to say, it's, Amazon <laughs> do exactly the same, right? <laughs> same so. Amazon, really. um, yeah, it's, it's, I, when, when I saw the merger this year, when I saw the acquisition of Fox, it hasn't happened yet, but when I, when I saw it, I was like, well, Disney... They're looking to stop Netflix, but when I re- when I did some backstory to Netflix's founders and then seeing the growth and stuff, I was like, well, they it's, they're trying to catch something. And I think it's just too late, right? I think Netflix used the new model, which is focus on the value at the expense of the profit, and the profit will come in the long run. Long run and yeah. Disney is still working on the old model of let's not innovate, let's just acquire. Yeah. But they're looking for a big acquisition within Fox, whereas for Netflix, they're more likely to see a new plug kid on the market. And do a lot of what Apple do and what Facebook do, right? And, and then just say, well, we're just going to take them and acquire them as part of our growing behemoth beast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, where are we going? So, am I going back to next last week? Further? Uh, I can't remember what's from which weeks. What, what did we have on last week, which was relevant? Um, to be honest, we missed the whole. <laughs> we missed the wedding week, didn't we? We missed our royal wedding. Did we miss that? I, yeah. I'm not. I mean, I, I, I didn't actually watch it. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> wow, we were great for that. <laughs> uh, in fact, we was. Uh, I mean, I, I saw what was going down there. There were a lot of things being um, posted about it, and I got it. To be honest, I was fitting the stereotype of a, a traditional man, and whilst there the royal wedding was going on. Um, I and a bunch of what twenty guys were driving around in go karts for the afternoon, yeah. so that was almost like a silent act of defiance. Do not care about this, um, but it, it, I mean, it looked like a nice wedding. It seems so. What's interesting is is all of the focus. So I saw this week that the uh, the coat of arms was released for the Duke and Duchess of where what where did they get given? Uh, it's a Cornwall. 
No. Or whatever it was. But they put the coat of arms. I mean, I'll look it up quickly. But whilst I'm looking it up, is um, whilst they were doing that, it was the coat of arms for Meghan Markle. So it didn't. It just didn't mention Harry. <laughs> just to like just, as if he's not there. Um, but it seemed to. I mean, Sussex. It, I got cast Sussex. There you go. So and it did invoke. Uh, uh, to be honest, the, the all around response, apart from one person's response. So uh, what's her bloody name? I've forgotten her last name. Um, Who? Hopkins. What's her oh, first name? Katie. Katie Hopkins. When she compared, where she put, she she basically just tried to cause a storm by putting that picture on um, on Twitter, comparing both Meghan Markle and um, Kate, mm-hmm. and saying you can't buy class. Yeah. But it was kind of put out there in a way where interpret it however you want. But I'm just trying to cause a stir on it, and yeah. people people fell into a trap. Yeah. And I'm like, don't fall into a trap. She's just trying to be divisive here. But what did make me laugh is the amount of people who referenced the uh, the age of because she's what 42. She's 42. My yeah. good lord, how how and, and but people a, did say but she's how a, badly hate ages you right, but she looks terrible for no, 42. No, no. In context, she's had two brain surgeries, so I, I can't understand that. No, 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 no. She's had brain surgeries. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Honestly, honestly, that sounds absolutely heartless. And in anybody else's instance, I probably would have a degree of empathy, right? But I do not like the woman. I don't like her. She is aggressively divisive. She spits absolute fire and venom out of her mouth with every word that she says. And in fact, that's even worse when somebody who should be grateful for their next their opportunity for a prolonged life, right? And you you should look at the world in a different view. All she has is absolute hatred for everything. I don't like anything about her. So in this instance, it's hard for me to show any empathy whatsoever. She's 42. That's what's shocking. That's what's shocking. It's that she's 42. You think, you think she's 50 or, six, or going close to um, 60. 60. 60, 60 yeah. When you look at some of the other people who are around at 60, she gets there. But yeah, so I, and so I wasn't, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too displeased about the amount of people who hit back at her online. I, I just don't like... She's one of those people I don't even like having a platform to talk. Yeah. I, as soon as I see her, I know, what she, I know what, what's, what she's going to say. She's not saying anything of any, sub, of any substantive matter. She's just talking about... talking crap. And it's always, it's always divisive. It's always to uh, split people and make people angry and stuff. So I'm, I don't give her... I don't try and give her any time of the day. Um, I, think, I think a lot of... Um, the talk about the royal wedding was in regards to the cost and the security costs of the wedding, etc. Uh, those, which which are expected, um, it'll be I, I, I just, it'll be interesting to see how fast um, she gets pregnant. <laughs> put 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 a, bet, put a cheeky bet on it. I think she'll be pregnant in the, in the next year. She's about what thirty seven. Thirty six. Thirty six. So yeah, she'll be pregnant next next year. Um, she might not push them out as quickly as Kate. Kate is pushing them out every year. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, all right. So and the week before there was a there was the, the plane crash in Cuba, where a hundred people died in Havana. Um, we didn't we uh, we we went around to cover it, but and the black box was recovered. These I don't things, think they've developed. I don't think they've. So I put that on as a post last week because there was just last week was just full of bad news and deaths. Yeah. Um, and I still don't really understand. There's a lot of questions come out of Havana as to how this managed because it was basically it only just taken off when it crashed. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of questions, and the, the plane itself was like 40, 40 years old or something. Wow. Just passed the safety test last year, but I mean it's forty years old. I mean, what? And you, you shouldn't still be really 
having planes around I, I appreciate the level of expense that needs to go into new planes but that and I, and I appreciate yes passing the safety test but 40 years old is uh, should well, have been taken out of service it's too old but yeah I don't think and I don't think they've advanced to get to the bottom of exactly what happened on that yet okay um, speaking of planes because this goes on to I, I saw this this week so again this was another gem that came out of one of the other podcasts I listened to so Obviously, in, in the States, they've, they've taken a lot more to their acceptance of support pets um, to oh, the degree yeah. of what they sneak on. Play. I mean, they've, we've heard of what trying to get peacocks and all sorts on planes, right? But dogs seem to be standard thing. And in this instance, right, <clears throat> so there's a service dog for uh, a couple that were, were flying and da -da 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 -da. I, I think both of... <coughs> Both of them, it was a couple, um, Hazel Maria Ramirez and her partner, Willie, uh, Matthew Silvey, who were, who were both um, deaf. So they had their service dog. Their service dog is a Great Dane, though, right? The Great yeah. Dane is a big, big devil dog, dog yeah. right? Like, But there was one guy who's on the flight, and he's basically said when they got on the flight, his wife um, complained about being allergic to dogs. And he, look, he basically said he told the police the dog took up more space than he felt it deserved. So he fe feels to me like he's got on his plane, he's seen this big old dog, he's squeezed into a small seat. His, his uh, animosity is built up over the course of time, which resulted in, and you can't, you can't, you, you can't even write this, um, in him punching the Great Dane. Um, she apparently yelped, which obviously uh, her owners are deaf, so they wouldn't have heard that. Shook her head, and don't laugh, that's not, I mean that in a funny way. Um, shook her head and hid under a seat, uh, according to the Orlando Police Department. And then when they tried to get up and um, confront him about this, he punched her in the stomach. She's 20 weeks pregnant. Yeah. And then he pushed their, their two daughters who were traveling with them. So he just had a meltdown yeah. on the plane, basically. Starting with, and he's beating everybody in their family, starting with the dog. I'm like, yeah. you can't, you, you, I mean, you can write this because it's just, it's written in the form of a, a story article, but you couldn't make this stuff up. Um, and because, and interestingly as well, because it happened in the air, it can't actually be handed out to any police department. So the Orlando police have had to hand the case over to the FBI. Yeah. Um, one of the stranger cases that will go down in the. The, the funny thing um, is when, the police, for the, when the police came, yeah, he apparently turned to the police and said, um, "Was it what took you so long to get here?" <laughs> yeah, because in his mind, he thinks he was—he clearly thinks he was in the right. Um, but it does come down because interesting because when I listen to, I think this is a problem in the states more than anything else. But I think in the, I think you see a bit over here. But increasingly, right, pets. Are, so you've got the service pets which are working their way in. But increasingly, it's like pets are becoming the go-to to avoid having children. So instead of, instead of having children, you just have a pet. And I don't think we've quite got onto that wave as much over here, but in the States, it seems to be a massive thing, right? Like, you've got, in certain kind of um, city areas, you've got couples that are growing up, and they're kind of getting to the age of settling down. They're like, well, we can't be dealing with having a child, so let's just get a dog. And I'm yeah. like, what? what? It's yeah. not really a replacement, is it? Like, and, and obviously the service dogs, yeah, that, that seemed to go through everybody pushing the barriers to a kind of settling down a bit because they put more controls around it and then you've got this one that bubbles up out of the blue so uh, yeah a kind of out there story but like I say you could you could barely write that stuff <laughs> you'd like a dog and bite him well uh, what's I mean it must have been it can't have been a fully grown Great Dane or it must have been a hell of a punch for the Great Dane to just or, shy away or the Great Dane the Great Dane was a, a pussycat um okay so for a long time Ocado's been a loss, loss maker um who owns Ocado I, I've always think same people on Ocado uh, Waitrose Waitrose owns Ocado for a long time um Ocado was a loss maker for Waitrose and Lessers 
and eventually it's now it's, it's now um, starting to deliver for investors. Deliver. Yes. So they made a deal with a uh, retail giant in the US, Kroger, who, and, and predominantly I think it's based on um, the quality of their tech services because if you look in their warehouses, they're basically just run by bots, so they're very efficient in the way that they run. Um, but the stock price rose by 80%, um, which made which the value basically up by billions of pounds, um, overtaking Marks and Spencer's. In, in a short amount of time. So uh, anybody who has been sitting around will have definitely been ordering their champagne of Okada at the end of that. Um, for any of us who were not, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge spike. Um, deal boost, booster market value, 5.3 billion. And if you look at the um, the share price on the actual metric, it's basically, it's the line is basically vertical. Because it's happened so quickly, it's just a vertical line straight up, which oh, you yeah. rarely get on there. You usually just get very steep um, increase in lines. Uh, but yes, so the co-founder will have been bathing in money and champagne and Ocado goods over the course of the last week, I can imagine. That's pretty decent for them. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's that much more much to cover this week. No. I think there's still there's still back and forth on discussions around. Oh, um, um, one more. Well, I think. What, did, we, did we talk about it? What um, Hammond and um, Galileo? I, well, no, but I don't, we didn't talk about it because I just I don't li- I don't like Philip Hammond to be honest. He is. It's, we only ever use this when we're talking about the states, right? But when they get into a, a kind of battling rhetoric, then we always fall, fall back to saber rattling, right? And that's all you ever get from this guy. He's full of empty warnings of, of everything that goes around, right? And all of a sudden, what I find so so, so yeah, give the background of the story, and I'll give you my view. Alright, so um, for a long time, the UK and the EU have been building a um, satellite system called Galileo, and since um, as the UK is due to pull out of, well, it's not a satellite system. Well, it is, it's, but it's, it's, it's not in the, yeah. Not, not in the sense not, of a standard satellite. Yeah, not in the sense of satellite. But it's um, for been, so the UK has been paying towards this um, satellite system, and as the UK is due to leave Brexit, due to leave the EU in uh, March 2019. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! That is. We're in we're in June right now, so we're in May. Look, it's not going to happen. Two year transitional period that will be extended. We're never going to leave. That is what it is. All right. So as we're due to leave in March 2019, um, the EU are looking to take are looking are saying that it'll be a security risk for non EU members in a non EU state to have access to the satellite system. And the UK as well saying if we if we pay towards this and you're not going to have access to it, give us give us back our one our one billion pounds and we'll go and create our own. Well. You but it's pointless. So, so there's a couple of th- so there's a couple of things about this which are stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So first off, Philip Hammond, stop and, 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 and Labour typically pissed, picked up on this and said, well, you've got uh, you've got all this cash that you can throw at this, but you can't fix the problems we've got at home. Philip Hammond, be sensible. Stop saying that you're going to chuck money at stuff when we're saying at home we haven't got enough money to fund the problems that you've got in the country, right? So first off, he's an idiot for coming out <laughs> of this. Like, just doesn't no calculation in what he said, and his simple response to that is, well. That kind of feedback is not particularly productive to us. Well, it's not particularly productive or conducive to you come out with these points anyway. Just be calculated on what you say. Um, the point coming back from the EU is an empty threat, right? Because let's be clear, the way that the Western um, partnerships work is that the US and EU member states as well and the UK have a close sharing of pretty much, well, I say confidential information, but it's not even confidential information, it's highly sensitive information that allows us to stay secure to any security threats that come in, whether they be in 
new security threats that come in or when we're going to war as a combined force. It's a simple data sharing, right? So, so the EU saying about well, this would be us putting a risk. Well, only if you're assuming that you're going to cut, cut, go into war with the UK, mm-hmm. which I mean, I'm hoping it's not going to be a fallout Brexit. Yeah. That would be a serious hard Brexit. Um, but there is a point in here which, to be honest, the most sensible thing to come out of this is, as somebody put in here, is you just set up a separate security-based agreement between the UK and the EU that covers specifically this and covers the sharing of data and the collaboration around security services, which seems to be a relatively non-fuss approach to put in. Handle the rest of Brexit, and out of the back of that, you have a separate treaty that exists specifically for security services. This doesn't seem rocket science. So this, again, is just a bit of <coughs> much ado about nothing. We're, we're still... This is another example of we're just stuck between EU saying, well, Brexit's going to be tough for you, and us saying, well, if you're going to threaten us, we're going to do our own thing, which means, again, in the last eight months... And I know we, we came to the referendum before that, but in the last eight months of when we should have been progressing, basically zero progress is being made. Oh. And we've now got eight months... <laughs> what? Tw- uh, ten months ago. Yeah. Loads of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as you're saying, I think we've done the news. I think there's a couple of bank holidays as well, and in the US they've got Memorial Day. I think there's bank holidays in a few places around the world. So I think that led to the latter part of this week being a... A bit quieter on the news front. Alright, what, what, what have you been reading over the last two weeks? Uh, I started um, The Origins of Political Order a couple of days ago. That's a bit of a heavy read. Um, I actually, I'll tell you what, was uh, was actually an out there one which I... I it was basically um, on sale. So Audible do their sales every day for like one ninety nine and two ninety nine, And if it looks anything that might be anywhere near interesting, I'll just buy it. Because I'm like, it's just cheap. Um, so I downloaded Paul McCartney's biography, only merely because when it was, I think it was like 18 hours or something, um, and it was for 2 99 I thought, well, I don't know anything about this guy. So that was actually quite an interesting read because I knew, I mean, I know who the Beatles were, but I kind of did, didn't know any of the background about all of the arguments and disputes that they had between them. I didn't actually know how short-lived their career was as a group, and I didn't know any of the... Huh? wasn't that long. No, it was tiny. It was minuscule. I knew some of their background a bit from the, the kind of humble beginnings in Hamburg, but I didn't literally know. that. I mean, they only lasted for a few years. Yeah. And then off the back of that, there was... Or, I mean, and, and Solo they, careers. They, well, it, wasn't, it was barely solo careers. Like they, A few of them just didn't really pursue um, anything. And, and there was a lot of back and forth and animosity and the court battles that went on. So it was actually quite an interesting um, read, to be honest. Well, listen, should I say... Um, what was his views on, on John Lennon? His views? Yeah, what was Paul's views on... What, what, now? Yeah, what was it then and, and now? I don't think... So, so I think forever as they went through their relationship, they were... Because whenever they spoke about them, they were like... They just... They almost had a sixth sense for each other. So when they were writing tracks, they just... It, it just, like, happened. They, were, they didn't even need to verbally communicate. They just worked. Um, and then when they split up, I think they went through a phase... Well, they did go through a phase where they didn't really get on. Um, and there was a phase where um, Paul didn't really get on with Yoko Ono either. They basically kind of built their um, kind of put water under the bridge after John's death. 
he was, I think what he said when, when John passed away, he spent a lot of time in tears with his family. So saw him as a, so I think they were just uh, a kind of, they, they had their points where they were quite distanced and then they came together to be friends again. I think there was one point where Yoko Ono and John looked like they were about to split up and she sent a message back via Paul to say, next time you see him, can you tell him kind of, I want us to, him to start from where we used to have, taking me on dates and the rest of it. So he used to see John every time he used to go to um, New York, I think it was. Um, I didn't know about him going to prison. For no, I, I, to go, to go, he went to prison for ten days in Japan because he, he uh, snuck pot in. Okay. After the fact that they told him not to, but he still did it anyway. He says I'm not really sure what was coming over me then. So yeah, he spent ten days uh, in prison over there, which yeah, wasn't aware of. So it was actually it was off piece for me. Like I say, I only picked it up because it was a sale on there. But it was a uh, it was an interesting read. Okay. Took me down to about. Uh, I don't. I don't even understand when I get my librarian badge for, um, for Audible because well, I've got 106 titles now, so I thought it might be 100. So I'm guessing maybe the next milestone marker they've got on the graph now is 125. So I don't know whether it's 125 or 150. That's all. I've got 42 books. hours to go to reach master that's status. All, that's all a lot of books to go through. That's all a lot of books to go through. Um, oh, I read some Smart Cuts book as well by Shane Snow. I read that off the back of, I think I was listening to James Altucher, and he was on there, so I think I listened to that okay. um, as well. This Origins of Political Order is not that great. I'm not enjoying it that much, but I shall struggle through to see if I can learn any value out of it. Mm. How about you? I'm, not, I'm, re- I'm reading. I'm doing photography. I've been busy with taking pictures and enjoying that aspect of my life. It's been Come on, you might as well put, at least give yourself a cheap plug and pe- direct people to your... Feet, oh so. yeah, I have my Instagram, so my Instagram <laughs> and the RKJ photo. Um, no, I've just been taking all the pictures of different models and stuff and enjoying it and seeing the feedback and the feedback has been pre- pretty positive. So I've been pretty busy with that editing and um, I learned a lot. I went to, so whilst you were go-karting, I did get I, I did get the last minute invite, um, but I, I turned it down because I was going to this, this meet-up. Well, uh, whilst Ben was go-karting, I was out at a lens mine shoot and with like, I think, what, 40 or 50 photographers and like 20 models, which was quite, I was like, logistically, how is this going to work? And it was actually quite a good day because you end up talking to loads of like photographers, learning loads of stuff, understanding then more about the business and then the market and how the thing, how it works. Also understanding technical, little technical things. Um, also seeing different, different people's styles and stuff. And also putting like names to faces because of, um, on my Instagram, I follow quite a lot of photographers, but I didn't actually know who they actually were. Yeah. And it was quite interesting when you meet them. You're like, oh, you're you're this guy. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, yeah, you're really cool. You're, and like, and you're like, these are like just talented people. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a good day. But yeah, I haven't had time. To, I haven't had much time to to read. I've been listening to podcasts. I watched the uh, Annie Joshua Road to Klitschko. I'm not particularly interested in it. Uh, it's, I thought it's pretty good. Only because, only because I've quite closely tracked Anthony Joshua's yeah. journey in his professional career and the lead up to it. So I'm sure there's stuff about it that I don't know about. It was one of those in general where I looked at and thought, well, I think I've. No, it's just. I get a lot it was in- interesting. Like, for someone so rich and so, like, someone so successful. Like, it's very he's, humble. Where he's very humble and where he lives when he does training camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he goes back to that flat out place which has still got busted. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's still got a TV, hasn't it? But it's a complete busted TV. Yeah, it's just like the, 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 the sofas are like ripped up and stuff. It's yeah, because like, yeah. I like the, the, the method behind that. He's basically he just wants to go back to basics for the, the lead up to the fight. I remember I saw that on. Maybe it was a post session. Maybe it was before the Klitschko fight when they were doing the run up for it, or maybe it was after one. Because obviously on Sky Sports News they do kind of snippets of this. But I remember saying that did stick with me when I saw that. It's just like this guy's so humble, and what I what I took from that is, is his mentality. Um, 
he's got an unwavering mentality. He's so calm. For someone that goes into such pressurised environments, going to a boxing match, knowing where you can get hurt, where you can get knocked down, what he does exude is a level of calmness which will carry him on if he can if if he carry continues being successful in his career is that and he will begin to continue to be successful in his career but he's so, so calm fighting Klitschko and getting knocked down he's still calm and he's it, the ability to think and not to panic when in those situations is well I don't know he did panic a bit in that situation yeah. if you ever really got knocked out there was a point in time where you thought the bell saved him yeah. in, in one of those rounds so so yeah I, I know what you're saying he is calm but that was at the same time that was the first time he'd been knocked down I think <coughs> his ability to say to calm will be called into question when eventually they sort out the fight with Wilder oh. because he's just I don't know I don't know how to go, I don't know how you go about it and the thing is it's one of those it's like the, the Champions League final when somebody asked me who will win Real Madrid or Liverpool and I said well look Everything says that Real Madrid should win, which they did in the end. But you can never discount Liverpool because yeah. you never know what could happen on one yeah. night, right? And after them coming back against AC Milan, you never know what can happen, right? Yeah. And the same when you're fighting Wilder, you can't call it because technically he is not a good fighter. No. He is not a good boxer in any way, technically. But because he's so erratic and because he's got one, I would say he's got single punch power yeah. stronger than AJ has. But if AJ tees him up, then he's got a more powerful he can drop him yeah. easier because he can set him up but because of that it's like you could have had calculated and measured positioning and, and tech for the, and, and approach for eight rounds of the fight but if you drop it he'll throw some huge haymaker yeah. and boom you're you're done so i i think his his ability to stay calm will be called into question more than ever on that because that will be the first person he's fought who really is going in there believing that he can beat him i think joseph parker spoke a good game but didn't really believe him whereas wilder i think will go in there believing that he can yeah and wilder's tall as well um what's interesting is tyson fury's back as well so that's he's got to come back fight soon so i'm i'm interested to see how he gets on and if he if he looks like he's back to his, his normal self he's lost all the weight losing all that weight is impressive I think that's a person. <laughs> he was that fat. Um, but it'll be interesting. Anyway, you guys, I think that's lights out from um, me. And lights out from me. As, um, a, as always, we say subscribe, rate us on SoundCloud, on Instagram, and not Instagram, on iTunes. And yeah, and follow us on um, Twitter and, and Instagram and our Facebook page. It's all lights out podcast. All right, it's lights out from me and lights out from and me. <laughs> and have a good week, people. Peace.